Are you indeed a winkle picker, Kurt? A Gardilou is a warning cry, but <laughs> Gardilou. So Paul Revere let out a Gardilou? Well, maybe. Answer carefully, Kurt. Do you have a doodle sack? Well, you wouldn't be caught in the who's cow, but you'd be thrown into the who's cow. Titty Nope is actually perfectly innocent, Kurt. It is time for Smart Dribble. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. It's time for Smart Dribble. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Hello, John. It's Kurt Schneider. And hello, Kurt. This is John Ellenthal. And you sound like you were just released from a long and painful Zoom call for business. Twas. Twas correct, John. You have the sound of a liberated soul, Kurt. I matey, it's no longer in the system. It's out now. Out, 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 I say. Darn spot, get out. Uh, nice Macbeth reference. How long do you think it takes to work its way completely out of your system? <laughs> Probably about now. Okay, good. Well, Kurt, it's another brand new episode. Today, we are going to talk about some really funny sounding words that are all actually part of the English language. Some of them, I think our listeners will be familiar with, and some of them, just like us, we're hearing these words for the first time. Look, we've talked about this a lot. We, we've talked about words that we like to say, like Walla Walla Washington and Baba Ganoush and Garbanzo beans. Well, let me distinguish between words that are fun to say versus words that are just really funny sounding words. I guess in the ideal, they're both fun to say and sound funny. Ah, so these are more funny words than fun to say. Got it. They sound funny in the not coming out, but in the coming in. I'm with you. So guess what? Let me guess my fellow bloviator. Oh, one of my favorite words of all time. I was going to give you that too, because you do why. bloviate every week. I wonder, in fact, we could have named this podcast The Bloviators. Why don't you tell our listeners, Kurt, what bloviate means? To bloviate, John, it's a verb. It's to talk at length in a blowhardy way, hence the word itself. You're not saying much. And you can either speak or write verbosely and windily. That is to bloviate. I actually found your explanation of the word bloviate to be a bloviation. <laughs> that was my idea. I tried to keep going so I could bloviate. You did bloviate. You were a windbag there at the risk of sounding concise. Actually, I was not a windbag. You were a douchebag. No, <laughs> I was a blatherskite. Do you know what a blatherskite is? I think I do, Kurt, but why don't you tell our listeners? Well, if the bloviate is the verb, the blatherskite is the noun. It's the person who talks at great length without saying anything. Someone who blathers a lot. It's from the Scottish. To blather and skite. And a skite is a person you don't like. Another person you don't like, Kurt, are snollygosters. <laughs> who do what else? Uh, snollygosters, which See, makes, me want to reach, word. makes me want to reach for a tissue. However, there is nothing coming out of your nose if you're a snollygoster. It's just basically a villainous individual. So I think a snollygoster is like the guy who would meet Charlie when it was always dark in 
Willy Wonka. What was that guy's name? It wasn't Squidworth. I think he was from SpongeBob. What was that guy's name? He was a scary guy. Yes, he was. He was. He would always come around because he wanted to get the golden ticket. I think you're right. You're I think he worked for so, Willy Wonka. I think he did, but we didn't find that out till later, John. I know. That's how movies work. You just ruined it for all of our listeners, but that's okay. I think the movie's been around for like 40 years, so I don't think... His name was Slugworth, and that is a good name because they could have just as easily named him Snollygoster. <laughs> yes, I think Slugworth is probably the easier anglicized version of that. Wait a second. Are you trying to bamboozle me? My answer is titty nope. Okay, listen, I don't know what you like to do in your private life or not. I think our private life is pretty much on the air here. So titty nope is actually perfectly innocent, Kurt. It's basically when a small amount of something is left over, like a titty nope of sugar. Titty nope. Like like a little bit of sugar left over in the bowl is a titty nope of sugar. Now, I can't for the life of me figure why someone would need a word as complicated as that just to say little bit left over. But titty nope, Kurt. Where's it coming from? Titty nope. The dictionary, Kurt. You want uh, me to give you the derivation of titty nope? Yeah. I think it was mostly a reflection of your high school years. Uh, <laughs> what, a little left over? No, never mind. A kerfuffle is, I'll tell you exactly what a kerfuffle is. A kerfuffle is a it's disturbance like, caused by dispute. Yeah, it's kind of like a commotion. Yeah. It's a ruckus. A ruckus is good. And Donnybrook, by the way, Donnybrook, which I've always loved, is a fight. And it's because there was a town in Ireland called Donnybrook, and they had a fair there every year. And apparently it resulted in drunken brawls wow. every year. Well, that's a good story. I mean, Donnybrook oftentimes comes up in the context of hockey. So a Donnybrook will break out. But I didn't know the Irish origins. Speaking of Irish origins, except not really Irish, but nearby Irish. Do you have a doodle sack, Kurt? Answer carefully, Kurt. Do you have a doodle sack? Yes. Have you ever played with your doodle sack? Yes. If if I heard you playing with your doodle sack, I would clearly be bum-fuzzled. So, so a (laughs) a doodle sack... I hope you would be, but I'm not sure what bumfuzzled is either. Bumfuzzled, just like confused and flustered. If you're bumfuzzled, oh, it's like you're addled. You're addled, but it's easy to get bumfuzzled in the presence of a doodle sack. <laughs> <laughs> Do tell what a doodle sack is, please. Sadly, it's rather benign. It oh. is just basically another word for bagpipes. A doodle sack? Yeah. So that's why, you know, Irish was close, but I think that's probably more a Scottish thing. There are lots of doodle sacks in Scotland, Kurt. Do you know what Gardaloo is? It's basically a Gardaloo is a warning cry. But Paul Revere let out a Gardaloo. Well, maybe, but its origins, well, because you need to know why its origins are from the Scots who would empty out of top floors the urine buckets down on <laughs> And they would yell Gardaloo? Do you know why? Because the loo must be the stuff in the bucket, and Gardy must be, be careful? 
Well, you're so damn close. Yes, it comes from the French, gardez le eau, guard the water, beware of the water. So guardy le is beware of the water, but it ain't water, it's piss. <laughs> well, so I, it's kind of like when, you know, when people say, no offense, but, and then they go and offend you. Of course. Gardy Lou, and then they dump urine on your head. They said Gardy Lou. Listen, <laughs> I would be much less concerned if there was only a titty nope amount of urine in the bucket. But if it's a full bucket, not just a titty nope, I would really be unhappy about that. So you talked about titty nope before about saying why. I agree with you. Why do people feel the need to make such elaborate words when short ones will do? And you know what? I guess I'm the wrong person. To yeah, I was just going to say, this is not a question that you and I can answer from personal experience, because when there's a simple word, we usually choose a more complicated word. And a lot of people, when they're listening to us, are going, this is basically gobbledygook. And we know where that's from, right? I do not know where a gobbledygook is from, but I do know that it means nonsense. And where do you think it's from? Gobbly is from Turkey and, yes. and Guk is from the nose. So <laughs> no. it, is, it is Turkey fluids coming from the nose. Gobble, gobble. It's just like turkeys make no sense. Gobble, gobble, gobble guk. Now, what was that thing that John Madden called the turkey on Thanksgiving that was stuffed with duck and chicken? A turducken. Turducken. He made that up, correct? I know. It's actually a real thing. You've never seen a turducken? No joke. No, no, a turducken is a real, is a real, if you serve a turducken, there is no titty nope left over. So it's basically a turkey, a duck, and a chicken all sort of pressed together in parts. So it's a multi-fowl, yeah. an <laughs> omni-fowl. No, it's a party fowl is what it is. <laughs> Have you ever had delicious Italian soup called rigmarole? <laughs> Don't give me any rigmarole around here, okay? Please. You know, we another thing we could have named Smart Dribble was rigmarole because it's basically a circular discussion and generally tedious. So a rigmarole is not a cousin of minestrone. It's a cousin of bloviation. You know what I'm going to ask you, of course, is what's the etymology of that? I'm very curious about that. Is it Italian in nature, rigmarole? Now, no discussion of funny words would be complete without cattywampus. Cattywampus is a good one. And it basically means a skew or a rye. So it's like something that's not up there. It's cattywampus. This thing, whole thing is cattywampus. It's a little skew. It's a little off. Cattywampus. Cattywampus. Well, we could have named this podcast cattywampus. A little bit of skew, a little bit off. Nothing centered about this. So you'll be disappointed to learn that the origin of rigmarole is actually from mid-18th century England, which is not quite as romantic. It's from this notion of a ragman roll, which was originally denoted a legal document recording a list of offenses. And it went around and around? I guess. It had a lazy Susan quality to it, I guess. You know, where did that come from? It actually was invented in the 18th century by a very famous man who was famous for reasons that go well beyond his invention of the Lazy Susan. Oh, yes, it was, it was Voltaire who came up with it. It was not Voltaire, although 
this inventor did spend time in France. Yeah, of course. And he, in fact, I'll give you hints. Benjamin Franklin. Spent time in France during the Revolutionary War and was a forefather like Benjamin Franklin. His name is? Thomas Jefferson. That is correct. He invented the Lazy Susan, though they were referred to as dumbwaiters at the time, Kurt. It is said, and I'm quoting the internet now, it is said that Jefferson invented the Lazy Susan because his daughter complained she was always served last at the table and therefore never found herself full. Was his daughter's name Susan? God, I hope so. Yes. Oh, I God, I hope so. I don't know that. Yes. His daughter's name was Susan. That is only one theory. There is another famous man who was given credit for inventing the Lazy Susan, as this episode becomes, about the history of the Lazy Susan, Kurt. Probably the most famed inventor in U.S. history was... Thomas Edison. Thomas Alva Edison. That is correct. Some people believe he was the inventor because he invented the turntable for his phonograph. So we'll have to let history duke that out. Yes. And And yes, it comes full circle, Kurt. (laughs) (laughs) the only problem is when you turn it the opposite way it says paul is dead paul is dead paul is dead it's weird that way well played my friends you mentioned the dumbwaiter but the dumbwaiter is something completely different i know but they referred that's one of those things that go up and down through different floors from the serving kitchen up to the dining room or down or down yes it went both ways much like the turntable I was in the Old Town Bar in New York on 18th Street, which made famous for many, many years ago, but it was made famous in pop culture by the, it was the opening shot of the David Letterman show. And they have incredible mirror and boy, they have incredible urinals in there. The urinals you could almost walk into. They'd be like the lion, the witch and the wardrobe, but you go through a urinal, which by the way, in sixth grade, I wrote a whole big novel called Bathroom Past where you flushed and you went into the past. But anyway, it's not what I'm talking about. If you go to the old town bar today, you order food, it comes through the dumbwaiter. Well, that's kind of fun. I've never heard anybody articulate the defining characteristic of a restaurant establishment as the amazing urinals it had. And then no less, have someone imagine going through the urinal into another world. So So I I wrote this book called Bathroom Pass, and I read a chapter every week to my sixth grade class because they wanted to know. One time the guy, and it was a bunch of kids in the class that would go back in time. One time they went to the revolution. Pause just for one second. For anyone out there listening who is a trained therapist, please listen to what Kurt is about to say very carefully. And if you have any ideas or theories, please send them to Kurt at smartdribble.com. Please continue, Kurt. It was sixth grade. My teacher was Miss Little, which was very ironical because she was huge. She was probably six three, six two, but her name was Miss Little. And we had to Did write. Did she have a doodle sack? <laughs> she played the doodle sack quite often, even though she was a single gal. That's the kind and of stuff you'd find written on the bathroom wall in a school like that. That she played the doodle sack quite often. <laughs> <laughs> Kilroy was here, so. I wrote a story called Bathroom Past about a couple of the kids in the class who went into the boys' room 
and this one toilet, if you flushed it, you know, you went and were in it, you went back in time. And they went back to the American Revolution. They went back to World War One. They went back to the Civil War different times. I can't find it anywhere. My parents threw out everything that had anything to do with me when they moved houses. So unfortunately, your manuscript of being flushed down a toilet into earlier epics in human history has been lost to the world. I was flushed with creativity, John. Kurt, what kind of research did you do for this book? Did you ever like get in the toilet and attempt to flush yourself into the Civil War era? You know what I bet you were as a kid? I bet, which is probably why you spend so much time in the bathroom. I bet you you, you were a winkle picker. <laughs> Are you indeed a winkle picker, Kurt? I was, and I enjoyed it at the time. It was a little phase I went through, but we all do that. Well, I think it's probably, I can imagine you playing your doodle sack with your winkle picker. (laughs) Never gets old, or we never get old. We never get mature. How about that? So far, the doodle sack is the current MVP of this episode, at least for for me. So a winkle picker, Kurt, again, unfortunately... Is rather tame. It is simply a shoe or a boot with a pointed toe. So there's a name for that in the American. Yes, Winkle Picker. I just told you. (laughs) I keep listening. (laughs) I think in cowboy boots, there's a name for that, or in like women's shoes, but there's a name for that in the US as well. It's not Winkle Picker, but it's something kicker, actually. Toe kicker, ass kicker. It's something like that, but it's about because it's getting in the corner. It's a something corner. It's like your cowboy boots are, are so pointy. You could kick a roach in a corner. It's something like that. All right, why don't you look that up while I ask you this question? And this may have happened to you in the boys room at school or perhaps on one of your post flush jaunts through history. Did you ever impignorate anybody, Kurt? <laughs> or should I say? Did you ever impignorate anything, Kurt? Oh, boy. (laughs) So let's picture young Kurt. Got his winkle pickers on. He's playing his doodle sack. He he needs to raise a few bucks. So he impignorates. You know what would be sad? If you impignorated your winkle picker or your doodle sack. Because to (laughs) impignorate, Kurt, is to actually pawn off or mortgage one of your possessions. Impignorate? Impignorate. So I'm impignorate a car or something? You could impignorate your car. Anything that you'd want to pop. Listen, I bet you in human history, someone has impignorated their doodle sack or their winkle picker. Have you? What? Impignorate means to pawn off or mortgage. And if you want to raise money and you got to sell your bagpipes, then you got to sell your bagpipes. Listen, all I know is. I don't want to be walking below anyone that says Guardy Lou because then we're in big, you better cover up. Yes, you do not want, if you hear Guardy Lou, start running. And if you were to go, Guardy Lou! Now everyone who's listening, start running because it's good to sort of practice this. Now, by the way, if we kept going with that in the English language, because the Guardy Lou comes from Le O, Le O, which is water, but Lou in England means the bathroom. So Guardy Lou is probably like same thing to do with bathroom. 
And then you'd go in there. And if you flushed in the bathroom in England, you might go back to 1215 in Runnymede, which is, of course, is where the Magna Carta was signed by King John. Or if you went back to the 18th century England and you were caught in the Hooskow, someone may be reading a rigmarole to you. Well, you wouldn't be caught in the Hooskow, but you'd be thrown into the Hooskow. Well, if you're in the Hooskow, it's because there's probably a rigmarole against you or something. You know why? Because you're throwing urine out without saying, Gordy Lou! Listen, I believe if you throw urine out the window and do not give fair notice with the Gordy Lou, you should be thrown in the Hooskow. There would be a kerfuffle about that, and maybe a Donnybrook would break out. Let me tell you, I think... I think many times participants in a Donny Brook have been tossed into the Hooskow. If you're in the Hooskow and you're wearing your winkle pickers, no one's <laughs> going to give you shit because you've got some wicked sharp shoes on. I do know, though, that in the Hooskow, a lot of times they do end up playing with their dingle bags an awful lot. Their dingle bags? Yeah. They're called doodle sacks, not oh, dingle bags. <laughs> Well, what's interesting about dingle bags is, of course, the Dingle Peninsula in Ireland, which, again, is not Scotland, but it is nearby. But apparently you could have dingle bags. You know what? For all I know, the dingle bag is the Irish version of the Scottish doodle sack. If you're in prison for a long time, I think you end up playing with some doodle sacks. Well, I think the question is, if you're in the boys' bathroom in elementary school or you're in a Hooskow, the question is whether you're going to play Eeksy-Peeksy. Okay, first of all, Hooskow is a prison, everyone. Secondly, what is Eeksy-Peeksy? Gardaloo! What if you're playing Eeksy-Peeksy when someone yells Gardaloo? You're, you're running away. Are you playing Eeksy-Peeksy with someone from the opposite sex? Well, I don't know if it's really a game that you play with somebody else. Eeksy-Peeksy basically means even or identical amounts. So if you're the kind of person who likes things to be even and symmetrical and identical, then you like things to be eeksy-peeksy. So it's sort of it's sort of like in German, mock sneaks, or in Italian, mezzo-mezzo, right? Listen, if, if you have a pair of winkle pickers or two <laughs> doodle sacks, you have an eeksy-peeksy amount of both. Okay, so I'd like us, because it was time to wrap up, I'd like us each. Titty nope. To, Titty nope. I'd, I'd like Titty us nope. to each have a quick story with some of the words we used. I'll go first. You ready? Here we go. The other day in the mall. Oh God! I came across this blatherskite who was just bloviating to the crowd about how someone had bamboozled him out of his turn at the self-serve cotton candy machine. And he was getting so upset, he caused quite a hullabaloo in the crowd so that there was a kerfuffle over whose turn it really was. And the whole thing resulted in a Donnybrook. I was flummoxed by this. So I let out a gordaloo to the crowd and told them they better skedaddle before the cops came or the urine fell. All right. So I'm not going to reciprocate with a story of my own because I didn't come prepared with one. (laughs) But I will tell you that. You have to be totally sozzled to read a story like that. You know what? It's dry January. I'm not getting sozzled. So sozzled is an important word because last week's episode talked about history's failed attempt to find a hangover cure. Oh, yeah. And sozzled is basically to be hammered. And if you're hammered, if you're that drunk, 
you are likely to get a hangover. So please don't try any of the things we laid out last week because none of them, and frankly, nothing works to cure a hangover. I think we could do an entire episode just saying synonyms for being drunk, blasted, uh, sozzled, shit-faced, out of control, right? We could just keep going, gassed, soused. Anyway, yes. All right, so here's my last one. And I want to know if anyone has ever called you a diphthong. (laughs) Have you ever worn a diphthong? (laughs) No, because I know what a diphthong is. I was an English major, John. It's a great word. But listen, if you are playing your doodle sack, you do not want to be wearing a diphthong. (laughs) So since you are so highly educated, why don't you tell our listeners what a diphthong is? Because it's a great word. It's basically combining two vowel sounds together. Vowel sounds, not vowels. So like A-U, A and U, you go into loud or pound, ow, ow. Those are two different vowel sounds. Put on your diphthong and then, well, it's either put it on or impignorate it. That's up to you. If you need a few bucks, you might want to impignorate it. But if you're going to put on your winkle pickers and you're going to play with your doodle sack, you might as well have your diphthong on. I'm going to put on my diphthong, wear my Winkle Snickers or whatever it is, and get thrown in a hooskow and maybe maybe play my, uh, my dingle picker. Gordy Lou! All right, listeners, I think we're going to say Gordy Lou because this episode could be like we dumped a pile of urine on you. It does have, it does have that feel. <laughs> so, Kurt and I will be back next week with another brand new episode of Smart Drivel or Blatherskite or <laughs> Snollygoster or Bloviate or whatever you want to call it that we talk about. And until then, we hope your week is filled with Smart Drivel and not with any Gardaloo. And don't get in any Donnie Brooks out there. And if you do, just tell them if you get thrown in the Hooskow that you're a Smart Drivel listener, they'll let you right out unless you're wearing winkle pickers, in which case you're on your own. Goodbye, everybody. Bye.